Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome to Hacks and Jacks, a fantasy baseball podcast. I am Joe Galena. And as always, I am joined by my buddy, Scott Chu. What's happening there, Scott? Not much. We're still on baby watch. We're waiting for these babies. They're probably going to need to be evicted, which will be on the 18th. So, uh, you know, question marks as to whether I'll be here for our next podcast or two. But uh, otherwise, life's great. Just waiting for these babies to pop out, right? Counting down. So, yeah, that's great. Uh, Hopefully, uh, I'm sure wifey uh, can't wait to... uh, uh, have the babies evicted, right? Not be super <laughs> pregnant anymore. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, uh, my best to you and your wife and uh, your son. Oh, I'm doing fine. She needs all of it, but yeah. she needs <laughs> she needs 100 <laughs> percent because because I'm just sitting here being like, what can I do for you? And she's over here and she's actually behind me on the couch napping because being pregnant is exhausting, apparently, especially when you're super duper pregnant with two six plus pound babies. Yeah, well, you know, you said uh, that you asked her what you could do for her. Well, she probably will answer you, uh, well, it's okay, you've done enough. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just uh, hang that was in before there. Before she was pregnant, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So, um, hey, we're, what, what are we? Uh, we were just talking a week and a half into, into the uh, baseball season, right? Uh, try to make some sense of some trends. But look, you know, we're still early enough in the fantasy baseball season where, you know, your team could go from worst to first in your league within a matter of a couple of days. Literally a couple, like two. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, that would be extreme, but I mean, that's simply the reality of it. Every ratio, every percentage, everything, everything can change drastically within one day. Right. Because, I mean, one, as of the time we're recording this, which is a little after 10 o'clock PM on Saturday night, mm-hmm. uh, one player has 40 plate appearances. One. No. Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely it. There's a grant. Let me, let me see. There's a grand total of 88 players with more than 30 plate appearances. Right. That's it. Yeah. Nine, 98 of them have exactly 30 plate appearances or more. That's it. 30, mm-hmm. And let's be clear for 30 to 40 plate appearances is nothing. It is like what we've got about a week of baseball. Right. Right. Anybody can be good for a week and anyone can be terrible. Mm-hmm. Literally anyone. So we want to talk about things that we're seeing that are meaningful. It's not like meaningful things haven't happened. Right. But what we do know is that any of these things can change on a dime. Alex Bregman currently has a 15 WRC plus, right? 13th worst batter in the majors as of this moment. You know how long it would take for him to become league average? Probably about three days, mm-hmm. right? Yep. How how weird would it be for Alex Bregman to be hot for three days? I think he's done it before in his career, hasn't he? It's all he's done, right? <laughs> Boba Chet was bad for all of a month, like 
everything except for a month of a half of a season, mm-hmm. right? He was bad for like most of the season. He had a good month and a half and ended up as one of fantasy's best players. So that's not to say ignore everything that's going on, but like you can ignore a lot of it right now. Are there players we're worried about? Sure. Because it's not just that their performance is bad. There's other things going on that are really worrying, but how worried should you be that, uh, you know, Alex Bregman doesn't have a home run and that he's batting 152, right? Probably not that much, right? Because the ratios look mostly fine, you know, and it's, it's eight, ba- you know, how many, you know how many sets of eight bad games he probably had last year? Right? Like tons. Right. How many times did a player have a bad week? A ton. Right? It's just that right now, everything feels like more because it's the only stats we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a cliche, but we say that the uh, baseball season is a marathon, not a sprint. And, you know, if you've done your due diligence in your preseason drafts, you got to you know, give it some time. Got to trust yourself. Got to trust your evaluation process. And, uh, you know, it's not time to panic. Uh, much of what you're seeing right now is not actionable, uh, you know, in, in fantasy right now. Yeah, it's really it. However, those fringes of your roster, right? Maybe a couple of the, you know, late flyers you took can turn into different late flyers. That's really what you're looking at right now. Right. Maybe you took uh, a second to last round pick on a guy who has started out really poorly. So, you know, oh, you know, I took a second to last round pick on Avi Sayil Garcia. You can absolutely turn that into someone who's doing good. Right. Because you never intended to keep that guy. However, your first 10 picks, 15 picks, maybe even you can't do anything with because any of them could have a bad week and you don't cut someone because of a bad week. Right. Except for the last couple guys. Right. And there's nothing worse than you cutting a player, right? One of your 10, 15 uh, top picks and your league mate picks him right up and player starts playing like he was supposed to play. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a, a 12, if you're in a 12 team league and you're cutting you know, Kyle Schwarber right now, that'd be silly, right? Obviously Mm -hmm. we know that's silly, but even players at the level of like Lords Guriel Jr. This is not the time to cut him, right? Sure. He's been the fourth worst batter in baseball by WRC plus. This is not the time, Mm -hmm. right? Ahmed Rosario. He started off poorly. Yeah. Because the, the count, you know, it's, it's a bad bit of bad luck for a week, right? Alex Bregman, Carlos Correa, Hunter Renfro, Josh Bell, Tristan Cassis. Like these guys, you don't like, Cattell Marte, Bobby Witt Jr. We don't, there's nothing new about these guys right now. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we haven't learned anything new. We've learned that they can suck for a week. Right. Right. Absolutely. So uh, are you enjoying this new brand of baseball that we're seeing? I mean, overall batting averages are up. Uh, stolen base numbers are uh, way up. Uh, you know, pace of play, of course, uh, is, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's a lot quicker game. Are you enjoying it, Scott? I am. I, I like I like the faster pace of play, except when I've been busy and, you know, finally get to turn the game on and it's almost over. Right? Right, when it used right. to be the seventh inning. Uh, That's I, a I good like that. Point. Yeah, because, you know, you know, sometimes you throw in the past, you would throw on a game uh, and go do something around the house. And then you, you knew that for the next three plus hours, it, when you got back to the TV, it was still going to be on. Yeah. But now all of a sudden you come back and it's like, what? It's the seventh inning already. 
Yeah, and it's worth note, you know, stolen bases are up, mm-hmm. right? Like overall, they're up. But it's worth noting that there's only 23 players right now with more than one, mm-hmm. right? And there's only 10 players with more than two, right? So it's not like we've cranked it all the way up and the stolen base game is entirely different, right? It's so far what we've seen is a lot of what we expected. Sure, a couple players are doing more than we thought. Glaber Torres already has five. That's a surprise, mm-hmm. right? But like Miles Straw has five because sometimes he does that, right? Right, Because he's not a very good hitter, but he can steal bases uh, and, and things like that. But, you know, it's it's a different brand of baseball, but it's not that different. It's like going from like Nike to Reebok. For some people, that might feel like a huge thing. But right. like generally speaking, right, you're talking about a pretty decent tennis shoe. Right. Like <laughs> you're getting a, you're getting a good tennis shoe. It's, pretty, you know, Nike's to Adidas, if that's more thing. Like, is it a change? Sure. Is it that much of a change? Not really. Mm. Right. Slightly different. Something to get used to. But it's it's still baseball. Right. There, There's no like very few players at this point have done something that I didn't think was in the realm of possibility. Right. And the guys that are stealing bases. Uh, like you mentioned, you mentioned Straw. Straw was a speedster. Uh, you know, you, you're not going to get, you know, a, a guy that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, Adam Duvall, you're not going to all of a sudden see him, uh, you know, swipe uh, five bases in the in the first week and a half of the season. No, uh, I mean, look, <laughs> I'm looking at the top 30 right now. Mm-hmm. None of these guys are a huge surprise, right? right? I mean, Vlad Guerrero's in the top 30 because he has one. Right, right. <laughs> like these guys. Or hey, Mateo has stolen. St- stolen a bunch of bases, right? Along yeah, with a bunch of Orioles. Fast. Yes, yeah. Cedric Mullins, Ronald Acuna, mm-hmm. Julio Rodriguez, Starling Marte, Corbin Carroll, Anthony Volpe, Wander Franco, Jose Ramirez, Tyro Estrada, Bryce Terang, Aaron Judge, who stole some bases last year. He did. Brandon Brandon Nemo, Andres Jimenez, Masataka Yoshida, Nico Horner, Ji Juan Bay. We might talk about it a little bit later. Michael Harris is second. George Springer, Elvis Andrews. These are guys who can steal bases and they have mm-hmm. two. Is right. it that weird for them to steal two bases in a week? No, it's no. just not. Yeah. All right. So uh, in this episode, uh, even though it's early in the season, we want to focus on some hitters uh, that have uh, caught our eye uh, for one reason or another, gotten our attention. And uh, we're going to try to get a feel uh, for if there's a chance that uh, their hot starts are sustainable or not. And for me, this is a, a fun type of episode, Scott, because, you know, once we get live baseball games to watch and, you know, we get the live stats uh, to analyze, you know, these ball players who weren't originally on my radar. Now, all of a sudden, you're looking at stats and you're sorting through stats. And I know it's very early in the season, but there are some players that are uh, coming to our attention that weren't on our radar in the past. Yeah, absolutely. Or they were on our radar and are showing us something that feels really surprising or at least more extreme than we might have thought coming into the season. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, uh, you know, showing us something even more than what we expected to start the season. Here's a guy like Adam Duvall that we'll start off with right now. We had talked about him in preseason podcasts where, hey, man, you know, that green monster is like he could reach it just, you know, by 
hitting a, a short fly ball for him. And he's been just white hot and actually hit his fourth home run of the season today on Saturday when we we're recording this. And now has 14 RBI on the season, uh, slashing a ridiculous 483, 545, 1.138 triple slash. And he's getting it done at home. He's getting it done on the road. But, you know, we were excited about him, you know, hitting home runs at Fenway Park, uh, Scott. And uh, look, let, let's be real. I don't even have to say this, but, you know, we're going to see some major regression in that batting average, but 30 home runs. Very doable. Yeah, for sure. So so we knew that 30 home runs was in the ballpark for Adam Duvall coming into the season if he gets a full season, mm-hmm. right? So Adam Duvall, I mean, he's hit 30 home runs as recently as 2021. In fact, he hit 38 home runs that season. Last season, uh, we didn't see him that much. He only played 86 games. He still hit 12 home runs, right? What we also know is that he strikes out darn near close to 30% of the time. He's not doing that right this moment, but that's not weird for him to not strike out a bunch in the weeks that he's hot because Adam Duvall is just a very classic right-handed. I mean, he's a right-handed slugger who goes through really hot and cold spells. There's a reason this guy's career average is 232 and that his career OBP is 291, but his career slugging is 470. Right. I gave you two bad numbers and one real good one. And that's because that's just what Adam Duvall is. Mm -hmm. He's always been a guy who can hit home runs and he's always been a guy who will then go on these crazy cold spells. I mean, he's very much in the mold of a Fran Mill Reyes, right? Mm -hmm. Or a Jorge Soler, a right-handed slugger who will then turn into an absolute pumpkin for as long as three, four weeks, maybe even a month. Right. I'm not saying you shouldn't add Adam Duvall because when he's hot, he, he can absolutely explode. I mean, he's like a lesser version of maybe a guy like Kyle Schwarber, right? You think of Kyle Schwarber. He's a, he's a guy who can hit 40 home runs, but he doesn't hit like he doesn't do them consistently. Right. He hits them in bunches. That's what Adam Duvall is because he's a free swinger. He's walking a little bit more than you'd expect right now. But again, it's only, I mean, coming into today's games, it was 28 plate appearances, right? Now, what we hope is that he can keep a full-time starting job because then he turns into a home run contributor who in his bet, his best single season average is 249. And that was in 2017 as part of the Cincinnati, as part of the Cincinnati Reds who have a ballpark like Boston that plays entirely into his strengths. Right. Right. But, but other than that, that's just, that's just, well, I'm sorry. He had, he had a 267 average when he played 41 games uh, in 2019. Right. But like, this is just the cap of what he is. Right. So if you're adding him, it's because you need power. Right. But if you're adding him thinking you're going to get a boost in any other ratio, you're wrong. Right. He's not going to steal bases. He's going to get some RBI because he's batting in the middle of a lineup for Boston, who has an okay lineup. But let's be clear also that he's, he's faced not great rotations, right? Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and now Detroit. And those those are not rotations. I mean, they're rotations that uh, just don't that don't challenge you, even if you're right-handed. So he's a 34 and a half year old slugger who can hit home runs and will absolutely beat up on teams like Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Detroit. Hmm. And yeah, he's going to run into spells where he's like 0 for 20 with one walk. I mean, so double. basically, I mean, eventually he's going to be a streamer. In a way, I mean, right? yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, you know, in deeper leagues, like a fifteen-team league, he's someone you can roster all season because there's only a, there's a finite number of guys who can hit thirty home runs in a season, mm-hmm. 
And there's a finite number of guys who are in position to play all year, right? Adam Duvall, the reason Adam Duvall only has four seasons of his career with more than a like with more than 60 games played is because he gets stuck in, stuck in platoons all the time. Mm-hmm. Right? He did play a full season for Atlanta. He's played a couple full seasons, but like last year it was 86 games. He deals with injuries and he deals with platoons. That's just what he is because he's a right-handed power hitter. That's right. it. Right? Like would I like is he better than Hunter Renfro, who's had a really poor start to the season? My answer is no, right? They're the same guy, except Hunter Renfro is actually a little bit better. Because he yeah, he's I, I got a him, chance to hit 260. Right. And Adam right. Duvall does not. I was gonna say 250, you know, maybe 260. Yeah. Uh Duvall's not gonna Duvall's a, a lifetime 232 hitter. So um I would give Duvall the edge in power when it comes to Renfro, but Renfro is a, uh, you know, and it's a slight edge because Renfro is a, a 30 home or 250 guy for me. But like you yeah. said, getting off to and, a- and none of that has changed. Mm-hmm. And there's at any given week, if you said Adam Duvall was better than Hunter Renfro in a week, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. care because that's just what happens. But that doesn't mean it's not meaningful, right? He's absolutely worth adding right now in just about every format because you probably have a player you can cut. Mm-hmm. Right. Or you've opened up a spot because of IL. All that's fine. Right. You're not cutting someone you drafted in the first 15 rounds for Adam Duvall. But, you know, you took a flyer on a guy. You, you took a flyer on Vaughn Grissom. He got sent down before the season even started. You're absolutely replacing him with Adam Duvall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, um, you know, I've been getting uh, a kick out of using the uh, PLV uh, hitter metrics. Right. So the next I will talk about. Brian Anderson uh, for the Brewers, uh, number four in overall hitter performance as per the PLV hitter ability uh, metrics. I don't know if you want to just talk a a minute about them, uh, Scott, but uh, Anderson, uh, outfield third base eligible. He's going to be getting lots of playing time moving forward with uh, Luis Urias on the IL for up to the next two months with a hamstring strain. Uh, Gotten off to a really hot start. No doubt he'll regress closer to his career averages. But uh, he gets high marks in PLV's strike zone judgment and decision value metrics, showing some good patience at the plate. Six walks in his first seven games, uh, uptick in power so far, three home runs, eight runs scored, 10 RBI in his first seven games. Already has six barrels that's tied for second most in baseball. Uh, I mean, the early power surge, a little surprising, but he has had a 20 home run season. Uh, it was 2019, of course, and that was the the happy ball here. But uh, like I said, playing every day, batting between the fifth and seventh slot in the lineup. Uh, I mean, he's not going to bat 500 for the rest of the season, right? Is he? <laughs> no, no, no. And I know that's a stretch, right? So, <laughs> what, what what do we know, right? We know that Brian Anderson is good at strike zone judgment. We know that he's pretty good at putting the ball in play. doesn't mean he's good at contact necessarily. It just means he's good at putting the ball in play. We know that he can hit it with some power. He's hitting for a lot more power right now than we'd, su- we'd suspect. I mean, maybe some of that is the fact he went from uh, Miami, who has a really power suppressive home park to Miller park, which is not that, which is not at all a suppressive mm-hmm. home park. It's a good place for him to hit. But, you know, I mentioned this in the hitter list that, that came out on Wednesday. He's Brian Anderson, he hasn't played a ton of full seasons, right? Injuries have just been a problem for him. But he's a guy that when given the chance to play a full season, which we saw in 2018, we saw kind of in 2019, we saw it in 2020, he's a guy that can hit for a decent average, anywhere from average to above 
to above average. He's a guy that can hit for some power, right? Uh, he's never hit more than 20 home runs in a season. He did hit 20 in 2019, but that's 2019. We know that that was a weird one. Mm -hmm. uh, last season in 98 games, he hit eight. Right, he's almost halfway there now. Right? right, I'd be stunned if he got to more than twenty-five, even with this hot start. Mm -hmm. Right, uh, Brian Anderson is just a guy who, when you put him in the middle of a lineup, he does he makes enough contact. He's got good enough plate discipline to pile up stats, which is what he's doing. Right, ten RBI coming into Saturday's games. I mean, this is just a thing that he can do. But again. There's he's had weeks like this before. I mean, maybe he hasn't had a week exactly where he's hit 500 and has had a 22% walk rate, a 22% strikeout rate or something like that. Uh, but he's done things like this before. And it's simply because he's a guy. He does. He have this kind of talent. Sure. Right. He's got a decent hit tool. He's got some power. He's hitting in the middle of a lineup. He can have weeks like this. He's someone that probably will be rostered most of the time in a 12-team league, especially because he has that third-base eligibility. Mm -hmm. But he's not, I mean, this is not a different hitter, right? This He's taking a couple more walks. And if and if he has a walk rate that's 15% or better uh, about a week or two from now, I'm going to be really interested to see what has changed. But as of this moment, we haven't seen design. He's worth adding in basically every format if you've got that free roster spot. Uh, he's... He's always been a top 200 hitter kind of guy when he's healthy, simply because he can accumulate stats by putting the ball in play a lot, right? And getting on base at a pretty good clip. He's a career 258, 344 hitter. He's never really, I mean, he's not a guy who, in neither of the last two seasons has he slugged better than 400, right? But he has done it in the past, even besides 2019. For spurts, he can be a very good hitter very streamable or at least very like a last outfielder kind of guy or like corner infield guy. We're not seeing anything different. We're just seeing that when he's hot, he has the ability to be a difference maker. That's mm. it. That's what we know. Right. And we already knew that. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Uh, why don't we take a quick break here? Got lots more hitters to talk about, including Luke Rayleigh. We'll talk to James Outman right after this. Most weight loss programs are short-term fixes, but the problem is managing your weight needs a long-term solution. And that's what makes Noom different. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight today and in the future. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Sometimes it can feel like food has an emotional control over you. Well, it's time to show your food who's boss with Noom. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. 
Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right, we're back. Hacks and Jacks, a fantasy baseball podcast. We're talking about some hitters that have uh, gotten our attention so far in this uh, in, during the early goings of this uh, fantasy baseball season. A guy I wanted to bring up was uh, Luke Rayleigh. You spell his name R-A-L-E-Y, but he pronounces it Rayleigh. Uh, outfielder for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, 13th in overall hitter performance as per the PLV hitter ability metrics. Um, he's a guy who's had some success in the minor leagues. 270, 371, 494 triple slash in six minor league seasons. Had a big spring training, five home runs, 14 RBI. Uh, buyer beware, a uh, bit of a free swinger uh, all throughout his minor league career, but has shown good power and has been uh, consistently good against uh, righty and lefty pitching, successful against both righties and lefties. And despite being a free swinger, he's been able to hit for a high average throughout his his career. Um, look, you know, big league pitchers probably going to exploit his weaknesses, his propensity for, you know, overswinging and whatnot. But so far, he's been batting in the fourth and fifth spot in the Rays lineup. Um, Got to wonder how much playing time does he get if he gets con- continues to get consistent playing time but uh jose siri just went down uh to the il with a hamstring injury so that's got to help him out a little bit uh scott uh, but the uh, guy has some uh, decent power luke Rayleigh. yeah yeah i mean the the injury to jose siri really opens up some time because jose siri he, he's always been an injury prone player he's someone who has a lot of power a lot of speed but also breaks down all the time mm-hmm and the Rays are a team that love platoons. They are willing to platoon just about anybody through the first like five or six games. Only two players played each game, right? It was like Brandon Lau and uh, Wander Franco, right? Mm-hmm. That was it. That was the yeah. only people that played. Even Yandy Diaz gets benched, mm-hmm. right? Every once in a while. So Luke Rayleigh is finding time against those right-handed batters. That means he's going to have weeks where he gets to play a ton because there's only six rotations in the major leagues that have a majority of left-handed pitchers, right? That have three or more. There's just, I mean, that's it. There's like six. Everyone else has at least three righties. Most of them have four. So that's going to give him opportunities to play. But it also means that in deeper leagues or weekly lineup leagues, you really have to pay attention to who the projected starters are coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh but let's also be clear, this is not a speed guy. This is not someone who I think is going to give you very much speed. His his peak in the minors, I think, is uh, eight. No, nine. He sold nine stolen bases in high A in 2017. Like, that's it, right? So not a guy who's going to run, <clears throat> but he is someone who, if you stream him against particularly bad lefties, there's an opportunity. Right. But again, Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, he is a free swinger. He's someone who's going to run hot and cold. He's not someone I would project to hit above two, two forty. Right. Even in his best, he's a two forty hitter at best, but he could have some power in there depending on how he gets matched up. 
he's, you know, he's not Jock Peterson because he didn't have that kind of power, but he's the kind of player who his stat line is best when he really only faces right-handed pitching. And that's it. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, I mean, already this season, he's striking out, you know, a little over 20% of the time. That's going to get worse. He's not a guy who, who has walked in his major league appearances. I, I don't think we're seeing anything new. We're seeing a guy who has had five real good games. Mm-hmm. And, and I hate to say that, uh, but I mean, really we're seeing a guy who's had two really good games, right? I mean, his, his series, you know, so far against Washington, he's been great three home runs in his last two games. But that's the thing about your leaderboards right now. Your leaderboards yeah. are going to be full of guys who've had one to two good games. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. The top of the leaderboards, guys who have two or three good games. I mean, really one to two good games. The bottom of the leaderboard is guys who haven't yet. That's it. That's right. all you have. I don't want to keep saying that everything means nothing, but a guy like Luke, Luke Rayleigh, he's only interesting because of where they're letting him hit. It makes him very streamable because against right-handed pitching right now, predictably, he's going to hit third, fourth, really fourth or fifth, which is mm-hmm. great, right? However, it also means that we we don't know enough to actually like in a 12-team league, am I rostering him? Not really. Right. I mean, unless I have daily move, unlimited moves daily and right. I had an open spot, I'll bring yep. him in against, you know, a team like Washington is not going to bring in a bunch of tough lefties. Right. Who's their best one? Patrick Corbin. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mackenzie. I mean, nobody. Right. So so he's absolutely useful in those situations. But the moment he runs into any kind of tough lefty, he's out. Hmm. All right. Good stuff. Um, let's move on to James Altman, uh, Los Angeles Dodgers outfielder. He's been playing every day, Scott, batting out of the seventh slot in the lineup on most days. Actually, today I was just looking at the uh, the box score, and like I said, we're recording this April 8th uh, on Saturday, the Saturday before Easter. And uh, so far, I think the game's in the bottom of the seventh, but he's hit a home run today. Uh, batting uh, 348 for the season, but hit his third home run. And uh, yeah, like Rayleigh, a bit of a free swinger. And uh, that might have contributed to his yeah, good but not great 263 career minor league batting average. Uh, does strike out a lot, but on the other hand, uh, finds a way to get on base. 363 OBP in four minor league seasons. Uh, so far, Heading into Saturday's action, had nine strikeouts. That's a 33% rate in his first eight games. But also walked six times in those eight games. That's a a 22% rate. Um, Got a good pedigree, good power, speed combination. Uh, Just question is, you know, how the Dodgers like like to switch around that lineup a lot. Does he continue to get regular playing time? For now, it looks like he will be, but uh, we'll see, I guess. Yeah, it's worth noting on one hand that they haven't faced very many right-handed pit- or left-handed pitchers, mm-hmm. right? Outman is a lefty. He's going to play, I think, at the least, he's the large side of platoon. And like I mentioned, not many teams are going to bring a lot of left-handers to the mound, right? So that gives him a chance to play four to five games a week, if not more, right? I think at worst, he plays like four times a week. Maybe there's a weird week where he lines up to play only two or three games, but that's going to be an anomaly. He's going to get to play a lot simply because large side platoon players get to play a lot right now because there's not that many left-handed starters. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is striking out a fair bit. Again, it's only, I mean, it's nine games so far, right? It's not, it's, it's 31 plate appearances as of this recording. Uh, 
and he's struck out 35.5% of the time as of this recording, mm-hmm. right? But he is walking as well. That's important. Right. That'll help him keep in the lineup. And what we're also seeing is that he's kind of creeping up the lineup. Right. The first couple of games, it was eighth. He's gotten to hit, you know, he's gotten to hit as high as sixth in a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, I think he was seventh today. Maybe he was sixth today. So I want to watch him creep up that lineup that gives him more RBI opportunity. This Dodgers lineup is not the powerhouse it once was, but it's still going to score a lot of runs. Mm-hmm. Right. So <clears throat> I think there's a lot of it. There's a lot there. And I don't want to like, overplay the fact that he's a platoon hitter because it's the large side of platoon. And this is a great year to be on the large side of platoon with not that many lefty starters really running around the league. So I think he's definitely someone worth adding, Um, you know, keep some eye on how many lefties he's going to face in a given week. That will tell you how often he's, he might sit, but I mean, his, his competition in LA is really down to one guy who's had one good game and really hasn't performed elsewhere, you know, in any other way, which is Trace Thompson, right? Right. The only, there's two players that can, uh, yeah, two players that are really posed to take time from him. It's Chris Taylor and Trace Thompson. Both those guys are right-handed, but again, Trace Thompson, he had that huge game. Uh, he had that three home run game. Yeah. He yeah. is not, he doesn't have a hit in any other game. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Uh, he can absolutely win a full-time job, right? I mean, Chris, Chris Taylor might steal some time because this team has just been committed to Chris Taylor. If they can't find another spot for him, he might go there. Uh, he does have two home runs so far, but that's about it. That's all he has for hits. So there's a good opportunity. He's going to play most of the time. I think he is worth adding in 12-team leagues, particularly if there's five outfielders. If it's a three-outfield league, he's really on the borderline. Because any platoon player is on the borderline. But mm-hmm. as he keeps moving, if he can overtake like J.D. Martinez and move into that fifth spot, uh, that's going to be a big deal. Right. Uh, yeah, And you mentioned Trace Thompson, you know, having that big game and puts him on the leaderboard for home runs because he had three home runs in that one game. And you, you, you kind of alluded to that earlier, that the leaderboards are checkered with guys like this and I'll, I'll just mention him very briefly we don't have to spend a lot of time on him but jason vostler is another guy uh second in overall hitter performance as per the plv hitter ability metrics but uh had himself a big week with home runs in three consecutive games and there he is among the league leaders in home runs it looks like he's gonna s- sit against some lefties and then you gotta wonder you know how much playing time he's gonna get when uh, joey Votto returns to the lineup and he's already uh taken some swings uh in the minor leagues uh, Joey Votto is and he's going to get his share of at bats but uh, you know you talk about guys you know creeping up that leaderboard that you know it's so early in the season that a couple of big games and all of a sudden you're you're right in the thick of it yeah I mean a couple big hits that's all it takes right so it's it's good that they're a little spread out I guess right Mm -hmm. but he's still striking out a lot yeah yeah right so he struck out uh in most I mean almost most of his at bats right uh he's got at least two strikeouts in three of the last four games. So that's not great. He's, he's hit the ball hard for those home runs, but I mean, he has five hits and they're mm-hmm. all extra bases. How long is that going to last? I mean, it's right. impressive, mm-hmm. right? Five hits and he's got a double, a triple and three home runs. That's amazing. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. right. He's also played five games at home against pirates and Cubs pitching. Mm. Right. That's a good way to get a lot of power. in. Those teams <laughs> do not bring elite pitching to the table. They just can't, right. right? They don't have it. Uh, especially when you have to face Cubs and Pirates pitchers in Great American Ballpark. Right. That's a great place to run into those teams. 
which again makes him a streamable guy, but he's already platooning with uh with Will Myers probably yeah. uh, at first base. He's yep. already going to be doing that. This is a guy. I mean, he's got a sixty raw power grade over on Fangraphs and plenty of other places, right? He's someone that we know can hit for power, but strikeouts will always be a problem. He's always been in the mid to high twenties in the minor leagues. We saw him for 111 at bats last or played appearances last year, and he was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Right, he was pretty good. Um, but I think the more he plays, the more he get ex- gets exposed. I don't think he's someone they're going to let see a lot of lefties. Right, I, I just I don't. Yeah, he's see already why. being platooned, right? Yeah, already being platooned. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even last season, only ten of those played appearances were against lefties, and they weren't good. Yeah, and you got to wonder, right. like I said earlier, you know, uh, once Votto gets uh, reinstated from the IL, you know, also a lefty. Yeah, right. I mean, mm-hmm. very easy for them to do that. They're they're not really committed. This is a twenty nine year old who's, I mean, he's a fringe major league prospect, mm. right? He's a guy that's going to bounce back and forth. So, again, maybe streamable right now against bad righties, especially at home, and that's it, and that's okay, mm-hmm. right? He's not someone that you should at all be committed to. If you've added him already, that's fine, right? The moment he stinks, you cut him, right? That's, that's all you got to do. You haven't done anything wrong yet. Just because I'm saying he's no good doesn't mean you haven't done anything wrong. It doesn't mean you've done something wrong. It just means that you have absolutely no commitment to this player. Just don't like feel the Reds. bad about yourself. You yeah, didn't the do Reds have wrong. no, co- if the Reds have no commitment to this guy, you don't either. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, let's move on to Yoan Mankata third baseman for the White Sox, former blue chip prospect, gotten off to a hot start. Uh, but as I look at today's uh, box score, it took an 0 for 5, but uh, eighth and overall hitter performance as per the PLV hitter ability metrics. Uh, his actual uh, average exit velocity at its highest rate since uh, 2019 there, Scott. Um, also highest stat cat hard hit rate of his career uh, coming into Saturday's action. Pulling the ball a lot more, also hitting uh, a lot more ground balls compared to his, his uh, career average. Uh, you know, batting average has been up there, but, you know, it's a short, uh, a small, very small uh, sample, of course. Uh, and then you look at, you know, he had a, a 400 average in his first four games, but his XBA, his expected batting average was 247. He's already struck out 10 times in his first seven games. Is this a case of, hey, man, just don't get fooled again. I did not rank you on Moncada in my top 30 third baseman, sort of to make a statement, right? I have yeah, yeah. absolutely no confidence in him. A guy with a 55% pull rate and also a 55% ground ball rate <laughs> who is hitting 300. Those are question marks, right? Like four, really he's hitting 400 coming into today's games. Yeah, yep. uh, he, he went over five, but improved his strikeout rate. <laughs> Right, right, because he didn't strike out today. Right, uh, I I hate that he's not walking. I hate that he's striking out a lot. Uh, really, at his peak, he was a guy that would walk. Right in twenty twenty one, that's really kind of twenty twenty nineteen. Of course, he hits twenty five home runs. Best twenty nineteen. Uh, twenty twenty one and twenty eighteen are really his next best full seasons. Those are double digit walk rates. Right, he didn't do it last season. He was, I mean, he was terrible last season not only is he injury prone he's also prone to just not being very good i think this is a guy who is at best a league a below average fantasy asset Mm -hmm. right do i think he gets to 70 rbi no 
Do I think he gets to 70 runs scored? No. Do I think he gets to 20 home runs? No. Do I think he hits 260? Also, no. Right? All of those are no. And will he steal more than four bases? No. Mm. Right? So we can't do any of those things. So what exactly are you wanting Yohan Moncada to be? A streamer at third base? Sure. Right? But we saw him for 104 games last season. And he hit 12 home runs. And he hit 212. Right? I mean, his career line of 255 and 335 and 428... I mean, that's really weighted by his performances in 20, 2019, really 2021. Everything else just isn't that good. I, I, I hate to say it, but I just don't think he's very good. Mm-hmm. I, I think that he's someone who's going to continue to get exposed the more he plays. He's had a couple hot games, and that's about it. Can you stream him at third base? Sure, you can do that for a lot of players. Is it cool that he's now hitting fourth for the White Sox? Sure. Right. But like all the more he plays, the more those hot numbers from the first five games will get thinned out. Yeah, it's it's a sad case of a guy, like I said, a blue chip prospect. But, you know, you you take that line out of uh, the movie, a Bronx tale, just wasted talent, you know. Nothing worse than wasted talent. Yeah, uh, about as many strikeouts as hits. That's yeah. not what you want to see. Right. And speaking of the White Sox, uh, Eloy Jimenez hits the IL. <laughs> I mean, shocker. Of course he does. Shocker. Uh, this right. time it's going to be for the minimum probably, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. So he should be back quick. He, it's not. It's just not actionable news. Yeah. But is it what we want? Is it a? Is it an inauspicious start? You bet. Right, right. And if you drafted him, you knew that this was a possibility, right, based on his history. But uh, let's move on to uh, Joey Gallo, who uh, Joey Gallo, believe it or not, uh, was tied with Avicel Garcia for having the best strike zone judgment as per PLV. What? I mean, and, and you, the strike zone judgment the correctness of a hitter's swings and takes using the likelihood of a pitch being a called strike uh, or a ball. Is, is this Joey Gallo? I mean, uh, coming into today's action, he's actually day-to-day with some right-side soreness, but it looks like he's going to avoid the IL. Uh, so he sat on Saturday, but so far batting 278 with a 350 OBP, uh, three home runs, seven RBI, and we're only talking 18 at-bats, but... Um, you know, um, already played five games of first base, so might end up having first base outfield eligibility. Um, is is this a new and improved Joey Gallo? I mean, you know, 30 home runs usually a given if he plays every day, which it looks like he's going to do. Uh, but just, uh, you know, can we squeeze out a, a long-term batting average over 220? Here's the problem with Joey Gallo. Uh, he's actually always been pretty darn good at strike zone judgment, right? In any given season, he usually finishes with like a 65 grade in strike zone judgment based on our metrics. His problem is not whether he's a good strike. He's got good strike zone judgment. And his problem is not whether he, he makes good decisions, right? We have a decision value metric, which is how often you swing at pitches inside the zone and outside the zone. He's pretty good at that, right? His problem is his contact ability. It's terrible. Hmm. It's 30. Right. That's the lowest grade we really give. It's possible to be lower with like a 25, but you have to be real bad. Right. Um, Let me think. In 2022, we barely have any guys with this metric. Uh, 
it's just it's hard to be that bad at making in fact we don't have we really barely have any players that are this bad uh below 30 right it just means like you're always missing like a hey jesus sanchez is a guy who who can be this like that bad right four players last or uh five players last season were worse than 30 right and and they're guys who you kind of know strike out a lot keston hira jd mm-hmm. davis mm-hmm. Right? these are the kinds of guys that are worse than 30 joey gallo was a 30 right he was also a 30 in 2021 and he was a 30 in 2022 right i mean that's yeah. uh that's just what he is he's he knows when the ball's in the strike zone he just can't hit it right when he does he crushes it but he yeah. just doesn't hit the ball while it's in the zone. That's not changed. So I'm not sure he's all that different from previous twin Miguel Sano, right? Uh, generally the same guy, except Joey Gallo walks a bit more, I guess. But that's what, I mean, he's easy to root for because I've you know listened to Joey Gallo interviews. I want him to be good. Yeah. But is he that different from the player he was last season? No. Yeah. Right? He's I, just not right. 2021. He did hit those 38 home runs and he's got two seasons of 40 home runs, but realistically he's a player that will struggle to hit 200. And if he provides power, that's great, but it comes with such, I mean, such a bad batting average. His OBP will be fine. Yeah. Right. It'll be North of 300. It's actually roster rubble. And uh, if that's a word in, in OBP leagues, no, uh, based right, on, he, yeah. In OBP leagues, he won't hurt your OBP. It'll give you some batting average, but mm-hmm. or some some home runs. You know, I, I don't know if he's a thirty home run hitter anymore because I just don't think he can win a full time role. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that's in the cards because he's just that he's that bad. He's hard enough to watch against right handed hitting or right handed pitching, which is what he's good against. Mm-hmm. Right, so he's hard to watch against left handed pitching. He's just. It, he can't see it well, and he doesn't hit the ball in the zone. He just can't do that. He misses way too much. His pitch recognition is terrible. Yeah, he knows that the ball is in the zone or out of the zone, but he can't do anything about it. So, uh, except for those couple of home runs, he's just going to be a class. He's a two true outcome. It's like, or three. It's it's that walk strikeout home run. That's mm-hmm. it. That's what he's got. So, Again, if you need that for a short term and he's going to face a bunch of right-handed pitching or especially if he's going to a right-handed friendly ballpark, sure, great. But he's just, he's still only an AL only player. Hmm. I mean, I just don't see how you can have him more than that for a full season. For part of the season, sure, he's rosterable in 15-team, 12-team, five outfield, and both of those, you could roster him for a week or two at a time, but that's about it. Yeah, and watching his struggles... Uh, when he was with the Yankees last year, it was he was a guy that you wanted to root for. You actually really felt bad for him because he just had such a hard time uh, catching up to baseballs. But uh, yeah, wish him the best. Uh, if he's going to be good, it's because mm-hmm. he's making contact. Yeah, right. But that's not what's happening right now. Even with the good performance, it's not because he's making contact. It's because when he makes contact, it's really hard. Right. Which has always been the case. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. Uh, and when we come back, uh, got a few more hitters to talk about right after this. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. 
and they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Eating is an emotional experience, which is why managing your weight needs to be a psychological one. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right, we're back. Hacks and Jacks, a fantasy baseball podcast, talking about some hitters that have uh, drawn our attention uh, in this young uh, fantasy baseball season. And uh, Scott, the, the St. Louis Cardinals just keep on popping out uh, young, homegrown talent, uh, and that they could just you know slip into their their lineups. And we could talk about these guys, I guess, together. Uh, Nolan Gorman and Alec Burleson. Uh, Gorman, surprisingly, I guess, getting some regular at-bats to start the season, uh, heading into Saturday's action, had six starts on the season, all at DH, by the way. Uh, he's a, a natural second baseman, but uh, all the starts so far this season have been at DH, heading into Saturday's action. Uh, he's a natural DH is why, just yeah. just to be clear. I get it. He's I get natural, it. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. not a good fielder. Yeah, Uh very good hit tool throughout his minor league career. Good power bat, but you know strikeouts have been his nemesis. Struck out thirty three percent of the time in eighty nine games for the Cardinals last season, but he did hit fourteen home runs in those eighty nine games uh, this season. Seven Ks in his first six games. That's a still a high twenty eight percent and uh, five walks in those six games. And I'll just talk uh, a little bit about Burleson, then you could make your comments. But you know everyone was laser focused on Jordan Walker right in the preseason and Walker's gotten off to a nice a fast start as well. But you look at Burleson, he was no slouch based on his minor league pedigree, uh, good power, OBP skills, good batting average in just two uh, minor league career seasons and really moved up the uh, ranks very quickly and uh, always been a disciplined hitter. And so far it's translating well into his uh, young career. Uh, he's only uh, striking out at a, a 14 point, uh, let's see. No, it's 15%, 15% of the time. So, you know, it's holding his own so far, but it's very early. Yeah. So let, let's start with Nolan, Nolan Gorman. Mm-hmm. Nolan Gorman is a player who we kind of know what he is, right? He's, he's definitely a power bat. This is a guy who's, you know, 60, 70 raw power. 
uh, with a questionable hit tool. Even last season in AAA, he struck out 36% of the time in 188 plate appearances. In the major leagues, it was another 313 plate appearances, 32.9% strikeout rate. That's just what he does. He strikes out a lot. One, two, three strikes are up. Right. I mean, he struck out at 30 percent in multiple levels when he's had more than 40 or more than 40 or 50 plate appearances. It's just what he is. Right. So that's okay because he's hot right now. And that's something you do in a full season. If if for some reason the Cardinals were at all inclined to give Nolan Gorman five to six hundred at bats, he's a 30 home run threat. No doubt about it. Yeah. Right. The problem is that he also will strike out a ton. And right now he's walking 20% of the time over 25 plate appearances coming, uh, coming into Saturday's games. And that's great because he's not been a walker historically in the minors or the majors. He's mostly a league average kind of walker, maybe slightly above. If he's walking more, that gives us hope that he's a little more selective and that he has a chance to win a mostly full-time role. I'll be surprised if he plays more than 110 games this year. Uh, He's worth rostering while he's hot. I think he's also going to really struggle to keep up full-time at-bats on a Cardinals lineup that remains really, really crowded, right? So, uh, you know, Lars Newbar hitting the IL, that's big for a lefty like Nolan Gorman Mm -hmm. because there's no more lefties on the bench. Right. Dylan Carlson's a switch hitter, but the rest of them are all right handed. So Nolan Gorman represents one of three true left handed hitters in this lineup. And all of them are being platooned. Right. Brendan Donovan, Alec Burleson, who we'll get to in just a second. And Nolan Gorman, they're all being platooned. They're the only true left handed hitters on this roster. So it's going to give him extra time. But the moment Lars Newbar is healthy, you're going to start seeing pressure on Nolan Gorman in those DH at bats. Right. I mean, that's going to be that's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I didn't, you know, just to talk about Alec Burleson for a little bit, I didn't rank him coming into the season. Uh, and maybe I should have towards the back. I think that he's got potential to hit for a pretty decent major league average. He put a lot of balls in play, which is great. I think in a full season, he could be like a, a 20 home run guy who maybe steals a less than five bases. And I think he could hit. 260 right maybe a little better yeah uh, that, and, that, and that's a useful player right i mean he's he's like a player with this kind of profile he's not left-handed but lane thomas right as a guy his batting average lane thomas's batting average is worse alec burleson's will be a little better but alec burleson's gonna play every day and he's not gonna lead off mm. right but he is hitting second and while he's hitting second that matters He's very streamable. He's someone that you could absolutely plug in your lineup for the short term as he continues to hit second against all right-handed pitching. But against left-handed pitching, he's not hitting second, right? Um, he's he's maybe not playing because they're going to put in like a Dylan Carlson uh, or or something like that. So uh, I, I like him while he's batting second against right-handed pitching, but he's going to have to prove that against left-handed pitching first that he stays in the lineup and second, he doesn't bat eighth or ninth, right? Both those things have to happen. I don't think they're going to happen in the short term, but until then you can absolutely take a look at him. The upside isn't very high, but the floor isn't very low, right? That's just the kind of player he is. Uh, Whereas Nolan Gorman, the floor is extremely low, right? This is a streaky left-handed slugger, very classic. I mean, he's not Joey Gallo, but 
you're not that far off the mark. He as could a develop guy. into one, right? <laughs> yeah. As a guy who strikes out a ton but can hit home runs as a lefty, that's just kind of what he is. Uh, and then finally, Jordan Walker, who I only ranked at the very bottom of my rankings because at the time I did them, which was in early March uh, and in February, I didn't know how much he was going to play. I still don't know how much he's going to play because any prolonged slump could en- send him down because this team does not have a lot of DH at bats to spare until it does. I think he can be uh, pretty good. He's not as good as he's kind of showing right now. I think, I don't think he has any chance to hit 300 this year in the major leagues. I think his best case scenario is like 270, mm-hmm. uh, but he could hit 20 home runs and maybe steal 10 bases and hit 270. That's a heck of a season for a rookie. Sure. Yeah. And is there a ceiling higher than that? Sure. I just don't believe in it at this moment. Mm. But, you know, I think the first step for now is that he continues to get everyday plate appearances, not unlike the rookie who's off to a poorer start, which is Anthony Volpe of your Yankees, right? Mm. He's not hitting well so far, but he's still playing. He's playing every day. That's mm-hmm. what matters to me right now. Jordan he had a triple Walker, tonight. I, yeah, he <laughs> and Jordan Walker find themselves at the bottom of the lineup almost every single day. I don't right. know how many opportunities they have to move up in the lineup. But for right now, all that matters is that they're playing every day. Mm, yep. Uh, like I said, Volpe uh, hit a triple tonight. Uh, you know, only, I think, what, four hits on the season. But when he's gotten on base, very exciting player to watch. So we'll see, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, so far in his games, Jordan Walker has a hit in every game. Yeah. Right. His his major league career started out with a seven game hitting streak. Right. He mm-hmm. doesn't have any walks yet. Uh, and only three of those hits are for extra bases. But that doesn't matter. Right. He's playing every day. That's so you keep starting him. Yep. All right. So next player I want to talk about and we'll wind it down. Um, Matt Chapman, third baseman for the Blue Jays, hurting some baseballs or as some people like to see tearing the cover off the ball, uh, leads baseball with a 100.2 average exit velocity. Also leads the league with a 75 percent hard hit rate. That's as per StatCast. Uh, second in the league with six barrels. Just eight games in, but his K rate is down, and that that would be his third straight season in which Chapman's lowered his K rate. Uh, it was as high as thirty five and a half during the twenty twenty season. So far in eight games, it's twenty one point two, and it was twenty seven point four last season. So slowly becoming a little bit of more of a, a disciplined hitter. Uh, ground ball rate way up so far this season, and coming into Saturday's action. Uh, hadn't hit a home run of yet, but I'm sure they're coming because you look at this guy's uh, past. He's a, you know, high twenties to uh, mid thirties home run type of guy. Yeah. I mean, first of all, the strikeout rate hit a long way to fall, right? So it's pretty easy well, to yeah, have a couple straight half, seasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, long, long way for it to fall. Uh, the ground ball rate, a little concerning, right? But really not that much. I think over more time means more fly balls, uh, just something he could do. He actually hit his first home run today. Uh, this, oh, he did. Okay. Uh, yeah, he did. He, he got a home okay. run today. Uh, mm-hmm. He also struck out, but he did hit a home run today. It was, it was about time. He's been hitting the ball real hard. Uh, my projection for him this season hasn't changed one bit, mm-hmm. right? It's 27 to 30 home runs and it's a sub 240 batting average, right? That's fine. That's fine because he is walking well, that's more. What you expected. Yeah. Uh, he's mm-hmm. he's walked ten percent of the time in each of the last two seasons. In fact, each of his last three full seasons, uh, not counting that twenty twenty year, which was short. Uh, he he plays a ton. He's rarely hurt. Uh, he's he's a decent 
you know, third baseman. He's a little outside that elite rate, right? But he he's doing the stuff that we know he can do in short spurts because he also can run really, really cold. I mean, that's that's this is just what he is, right? Which is fine. I mean, the reason he doesn't have a higher, I mean, so one thing you can do right now, if you see a elevated, you know, the ground ball rate was 25%, 33%, 34%. Right now it's 41, right? Mm -hmm. But look at the line drive rate. The line drive rate is up to 20, which is several points above where it's been last two seasons. And you take that off and add it to fly ball. And all of a sudden you're looking a lot closer, right? To what you're expecting. You're all of a sudden you're at above 40% fly ball rate. If you take, you know, 4%, you know, three to 4% off that line drive rate. Those are going to turn into fly balls. He's not pulling the ball quite as much, uh, but he will, right? It's just the ball's not getting in the air yet, right? Mm-hmm. But it will. And so the, Matt Chapman's a perfect example of a guy who is doing exactly what he is, but with small sample randomness. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Um, I, I know that there's a player that you wanted to talk about, but this has been fun just talking about, you know, some of the, these players coming out of the gate and, uh, you know, that they've, you know, been put on our radar. And uh, But you, you know who I wanted to mention and who has found the fountain of youth and uh, Andrew McCutcheon. Did you see the ovation he got, you know, back in, in Pittsburgh on, on Friday night and uh, hit his first home run of the season today on Saturday? Uh, three hits. Stole his second base of the season, batting 375. That's what baseball is all about, you know. Just, uh, you know, guys like, good guys like McCutcheon, you know, going back to where he started his career, you know, he was such a, a great player with with the Pirates, but it's part of what really makes make baseball so much fun. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Andrew McCutcheon, first of all, my boss is a Pirates fan, and he's so happy that McCutcheon is back, hmm. right? Because, I mean, Pittsburgh loves Andrew McCutcheon. Andrew McCutcheon is a guy, you know, if he gets a full season, which he hasn't quite done for a little while, but uh, he, you know, if he plays like 130 games, he can absolutely be like a 20 home run, 10 steal guy, or at least like a 17 home run. I mean, last season he was a 17 home run, eight steal guy. He can totally do that again. He can do it with a decent OBP, Mm -hmm. right? Um, He's walking a ton, right? He's not striking out much. Uh, he's certainly at least a little rejuvenated by the Pirates fans giving him such a warm ovation. Yeah. I love Andrew McCutcheon. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the bigger things, too, is that Andrew McCutcheon's batting third. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, the Pirates are not going to score a ton of runs, but when they do, I mean, this for a guy that's hitting 300, sure, he hasn't hit, he has one extra base hit. But for a guy that's batting 300, only have one run and one RBI through 28 plate appearances, that ain't quite right. Mm. Right. So I think those he's going to accumulate some stats and he's again, he's absolutely worth streaming, uh, especially, you know, if he's going to Cincinnati or something like that. He wasn't great in his first trip to Cincinnati, but that is where he got his one run and one RBI. Mm. Right? So uh, he's someone who's going to walk or uh, walk a lot. He's worth streaming in OBP. He's even worth streaming in batting average leagues because his batting average will be OK in short spurts. I like McCutcheon. And you're right. This is kind of what it's all about. I love seeing some of these guys, these older guys, go off to a hot start, especially someone like McCutcheon who's going back to back to Pittsburgh. Who, let's be clear, Pittsburgh fans haven't had a lot to cheer about. I, I think there was one more player that you wanted to talk about uh, on your beloved uh, Tigers. And uh, he batted leadoff today. 
He sure did, Joe. Mm-hmm. That's my guy, Akil Badu. <laughs> you can't add him like anywhere, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> he's probably a just sit back, player. enjoy watching him play. Yeah. So, so now. Austin Meadows is uh, one of two players now who's hit the IL for anxiety, right? Him and Daniel Bard mm-hmm. have now gone on anxiety. The the team has said all the right things and saying that it's important for him to get his mental health in order, uh, which is great. I think Austin Meadows still has a lot of upside. Mm-hmm. for this season if and when he's back but the thing about these anxiety uh leaves of absence is we just don't know when that'll be Correct. in the meantime uh what, what you should, here's what you should be doing for teams like the tigers who are unlikely to have a ton of players who are all that exciting right what you should be doing is looking at where players are hitting and what kind of performance they're having i'll tell you right now that javier by uh, javier baez looks exactly like the higher Javier Baez from last season, right? The plate discipline is actually fine. It's just that all the power is gone, right? All the juice that came from that free swinging is gone. Mm. It's just not there. So uh, I don't love El Mago uh, Javier Baez this season because he just looks like last season's version again. And that's an accumulator at best. What I like is Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson continuing to hit the ball hard to start the year. That's what I wanted to see. They hit the ball hard all spring. The results weren't always there, but as of right now, we are seeing them continue to hit the ball hard. Riley Green is hitting a little, uh, is of course hitting just a bit better, right? Uh, so he had another, uh, you know, he had another run and two RBI today for the Tigers because they got absolutely drubbed by the Red Sox. The pitching for the Tigers is just terrible. But you know, I've been saying with Riley Green, uh, the projections have all said. Uh, less than 15 home runs, less than 10 stolen bases. I'm taking the over on both, right? They've, they also all said less than 260 batting average. I'm taking the over on that. Mm-hmm. He's striking out more than I want, but I do. he is hitting the ball hard, and I think uh, that that's what I want to see. I, I want to see him continue to do that. I want to see him continue to take some walks. Spencer Torkelson, also, he's only got one home run on the season, uh, but he's not striking out a lot. He's making plenty of contact. Uh, and again, he's just really unlucky, right? So at, right now, if you look at things like expected Woba from StatCast and from PitcherList, uh, you don't want to lean too much into them. But when you see a split of 80 points between an expected Woba and an actual Woba, it's because a dude is getting unlucky as heck, right? I mean, he is hitting, he has a 54.5% hard hit rate at the moment, right? If you go to StatCast, uh, you'll see that Spencer Torkelson, his exit velocity average is 92.1 miles an hour. His expecting batting average, 288. Expected slug, 502. Just the results aren't there yet. If there's any non-believer in Spencer Torkelson in your league right now, if you think you can get him for super cheap, you should go do it. Mm. Because he's doing exactly what we wanted to do. The results just aren't there yet because there's only 22 batted ball events. Right. Right? That's not very many. So the average is bad, the slugging is bad, but the expected stuff is good, and that's because he is hitting the ball hard. There really is something there. I think that's something you can be excited about. I hope he gets the ball in the air a little bit more, but uh, I really want to talk about Akil Badu because, one, I love Akil Badu, and two, because it opened the door for me to talk about Tigers who might actually be good. Kerry Carpenter got two hits today. Um, Does Meadows going on the IL open up some more? He was DH for uh, the Tigers, and another guy that has... Uh, yeah, great call up because he's a lefty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So Kerry Carpenter, a lefty, uh, losing Austin Meadows, who is also a lefty, opens up room for him. He's probably not going to play too much in the outfield. Uh, but 
uh, he absolutely can continue to play at DH. He's mm-hmm. walking and, you know, he's yeah. not striking out that much. He's taking some walks. Uh, he's got three doubles. 14% uh, walk rate coming into today's action and just a 21% yeah. K rate. So. And he took another walk today. So mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, that's up. And he's got three doubles so far in his too five soon, Too soon to add? Maybe in, in a 15-teamer? 15-teamer, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, AL only, maybe. You can't add him quite yet because you still have to see him play more often. Yeah. Uh, because he's not good enough to be someone that you can bench twice a week and still roster. Right. And that's the thing about a lot of guys that you're going to see that are on those leaderboards right now. They're platoon players who don't have the underlying skills Mm-hmm. to be worth rostering when they sit two times a week, three times a week. James Altman is on the list of guys who is good enough. Right. Right. But Kerry Carpenter, he's not. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of small sample sizes right now. Like Kerry Carpenter doesn't even have 20 plate appearances yet. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause he continues to sit because they've run into a couple lefties. But what you do want the one way to get ahead of the small sample size problem is to actually watch some of these guys to go back to O'Neill Cruz, right? Small sample size indicates maybe this walk rate and strikeout aren't for real, right? He could absolutely have a five strikeout day and just ruin those stats. But if you've been watching O'Neill Cruz, what you know is that he used to have this problem where if they threw sliders down and away, he swung right, right by him, right? He'd swing at these pitches that almost hit the dirt outside the strike zone because that slider starts in the strike zone, then tails out. He was chasing it every single time. He's laying off of them right now. Right, He got like three of them in a row the other day, and he laid off each one. I know it's hard to watch every single game, but if you have a player you're wondering about, you can just maybe jump on you know, StatCast or, or just catch a couple at-bats. You're going to see – you might see something that you're actually looking for. That's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see O'Neal Cruz lay off the balls that start in the zone that fall out because that's something he started to get better with last season but that he really struggled with early on. Because there's not a ton of major leaguers or minor leaguers that can fool you that way. They can give you a good pitch that starts in the zone and falls out, right? Most of the stuff that they throw that's outside the zone kind of started already outside the zone. So Neil Cruz didn't need that good of recognition. It's gotten better. It got better last season. It got better in the spring. It's gotten better this year. You can see O'Neill Cruz lay off some of those pitches that he really struggled with the year before. Will he still strike out quite a bit? Sure. Right. But I think he's going to avoid that 30 percent strikeout rate if he continues to avoid those. You know, any any idiot could go up there last year with a slider. Any righty with a slider could throw it, start it a little bit, you know, just barely on the plate. Let it, you know, let it dive away. O'Neill Cruz swung right over it. He's not doing that right now. And that's what I want to see. That's the sign that he can take the next step as a hitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great stuff. This was a fun episode, Scott. I, I like doing this. We could even continue this uh, next week because there's so many players that we didn't talk about. Oscar Colas getting off to a, a, a decent start. You know, too many to mention in one episode. Great analysis, as always, from you. You could follow Scott at If the Chew Fits. Check out uh, his latest hitter list column that came out Wednesday. Uh, we expect another one this week. Yeah, we do. Okay. Uh, I've got, I think I've got one more in me and then I'll probably take the file. You know, I expect to take the week after that off because again, if those babies aren't out by the 18th, that's when they're coming. There, there you go. All right. Yeah. So uh, you could follow me at Joe Galena and uh, you know, we, there's a possibility we might not have a, an episode last week. We'll, we'll see what happens. Like, like Scott said, uh, we're on baby watch. And uh, as we always say every week, we hope that all of your fantasies become realities and we'll see you next time.